fashion. Fashion. Beauty. Beautiful. And you have no style or sense of fashion. My name is Joyce, and I'm a shopaholic. I like my money right where I can see it, hanging in my closet. So I am going to show you guys how I do my makeup. This is my trusty makeup bag. I already have my foundation and concealer on. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Welcome to Fashion Avenue, the podcast for fashion and beauty lovers to get inspired to follow their dreams by hearing from special guests while also soaking up the latest news and what's trending right now. I'm your host, Amber Lowther. I'm a journalist and fashion professional who understands what it's like to have big dreams and wanting to reach them. In this episode, I sit down with Kate Ford, founder and creative director of Australian women's resort wear brand, Kate Ford. After studying fashion design and rising through the ranks of numerous Australian design houses and even starting a lingerie brand in the middle of it all, Kate started her own label in 2021. I chat to Kate about the person behind the brand, the highs and lows of running a fashion brand, the inspiration behind her timeless collection, and Kate also opens up about her journey with endometriosis. Now let's dive in. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to have you because your designs are just absolutely stunning. And I wanted to tell you where I first saw one of your designs on a human. So I actually saw Lizzie from Sunday Body wearing your dress at an event in September. And I've been thinking about that dress since. It is beautiful. It was like green, long sleeve, colorful. It was beautiful. Oh, the one it probably was the little one with the cutouts, our cutout gown. That might have been, was it? It was like a mini with long sleeve. Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been one of our artist collaborations. Cute. Oh, my goodness. I was like to Lizzie, where's that dress from? (laughs) So it was you. So here we are. It was amazing and it it definitely caught my eye. So having you on is awesome. We can discuss all things Kate Ford, the brand. Um, But I want to know about Kate Ford, the person first. If you wouldn't mind telling me about young Kate, what were her interests and did you think you would end up being a designer? Uh, To be honest, no. Well, thinking back to Kate Ford in like start of high school, primary school, I'd say no, because I was very sporty, which is quite random. Um, I was doing a lot of sport and I thought I'd go into something sport related. And then I actually did my ACL at school and then went downhill. So I had eight ACL reconstructions. So I wasn't going into any sport related thing after that. Probably. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. So it's what competitive sport does at a young age. Um, but I was definitely going down the road of that, but, um, that was my top passion. And then obviously dreams got crushed my knees and then moved into my next favorite and then I moved I thought it was either going to go down art or textiles because they were my favorite subjects at school and then yeah went straight into uni studying fashion design so I didn't think I'd be in fashion but yeah there here we are (laughs) 
Wow, that's amazing. I love that. It's really funny that you mentioned sport and then going into like fashion. I was the same sport. I loved sport. And then now I'm like obsessed with fashion and beauty. It's so funny how that changes. <laughs> it's so random, isn't happen. it? <laughs> yeah, no, I was like a competitive swimmer and like, you know, what, what was your sport? Can I ask? Yeah, I was a sprinter. So um, 100 meter and long jump gave me bad knees no. and then touch football. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I love touch football, God, but that will do it. Yeah, sprinter. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so you did say that you ended up studying fashion design. And what was like your first kind of, I guess, experience in the industry or, you know, how long into your degree did you start to get more of a hands-on approach to fashion design itself? Um, started straight out of school. Went, um, I studied at White House Institute of Design in Surrey Hills. So, yeah, I went straight out of school, went straight into there, started a three-year Bachelor of Design, specialising in fashion. In my first year, obviously it was a bit, it was such a full-on course. It was a bit crazy. I thought I was like, I had my head too far deep in the first year. I was like, what if I signed up for um, persisted and then f- ended up finishing the degree and with um, went really well and yeah I it was just it was a bit difficult um, going through fashion school the high demands <laughs> I think that's when I developed anxiety to be honest um, the oh, high-paced, yeah. <laughs> high paced high paced fashion environment um, it set set me up yeah. for success in the future and every job I had ever since which was great um, but yeah so and then I started I got my first gig out of um, uni which was at Helen Kaminsky I was um, a design assistant straight out so we graduated in Feb and I think I started in March straight after and then yeah and I was designing hats bags and luxury scarves so that was an experience I think that was my first yeah my first experience in um, high end and haven't changed since, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And when did the idea of your own brand come about and what were your first steps to put that in motion and actually begin that journey of your own? Yeah, so I actually started a um, brand whilst at uni, which is so random. Okay. We, had, we had to start a brand and create a website and all of that. So I ended up creating handmade lingerie um, off the off wow. of French lace when I was at uni and cool. I was just selling on Etsy and then um, this was a long time ago now but yeah selling on Etsy and I got picked up by some stockists over in the USA and kind of launched me internationally very quick and I think I was probably 18 at what? the time so yeah it was pretty full on and then I was hand making lingerie bras and undies during my my um uni degree in my parents garage I had a sweatshop set up Kate's sweatshop (laughs) and during um yeah during my time at uni I was working at the time but I quit my job and started doing that full time and working late hours through the night and yeah, that was my first experience working for myself. And kind of ever since then, I've known I want to be my own boss. I just didn't know what it was I wanted to do. I knew I had to get experience in the industry. I couldn't be doing lingerie all the time. It was kind of the era of bralettes when they were going a bit crazy back then. Yeah. So yeah. 
I had a niche in the market, which was great. And then, yeah, and then I think every job I've had ever since, I've always had in the back of my mind, I want to work for myself. There's just, obviously, I've loved every job I've had. I've gained so much experience, but there's always been in the back of my mind. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to be designing according to someone else's brief. I'm very creative. So I wanted to choose what I wanted to design and basically put that out there to the world and I did and I wouldn't go back now to be honest oh good it's amazing I just can't get over that you were 18 and you had this lingerie (laughs) label and you were you had a stockist in America like what 18 year old does that was that a bit of like a pinch me moment for you were you just like what is my life (laughs) it was actually yeah and then I I kind of they were talking to me about wholesale terms. I had no idea what that was. I was on Google, I was <laughs> YouTube trying to teach myself all these business terms. And then I'm like yeah. thinking, what what do I what do I do? And I accepted this massive order and they actually had five stores and um they wanted to stock it in all five stores and I was like, sure, this is great. And then I got about I think it was 500 bras and undies that I had to sit there and hand me <laughs> in a four-week turnaround. And it was crazy. Wow. I was just, I, and then at the same time, I was having to make my collections for uni. So it was just, yeah. I don't think I slept a lot during that time. And it kind of, I'm probably still not sleeping to this day. <laughs> It's been never stopping. It stopped since then. Yeah, wow. And can I ask, how long did the lingerie brand go for? Did you end up closing that off? And when was that? And what made you come to that decision? Um, So I did it all the way through uni and then obviously three years. And that was obviously my source of income. That was my job. And then I saved up a lot to go traveling when I finished uni. (laughs) And then, right. um, went for a little bit. So I closed it up then, closed up shop, come back home. And then, um, I, well, I quit my first job, went traveling for six months, came back, got another job. I was working at Camilla and then, um, yeah, obviously conflict of interest. You're not able to have your own brand where you're working for another company. So I quit there of and course. then, um, and then I was just working my ways up the ranks of some, um, fashion houses here in Australia until I officially started Kate Ford. Yeah. And so a bit of a interesting question, but you've named the brand after yourself. Did you ever have doubts doing that? Or is that something that you always knew that that was going to be the name of your fashion brand? Um, I think I've always been told I have a very strong name. So it's been always, yeah, it's always been on the agenda. I've been, I've sat there for a long time trying to figure out what it would be called. And I don't know why I sat there for so long because I was obviously born with this name. I ended up going in a full circle and coming back to it. Um, so yeah, when I was doing the lingerie, it was actually, um, Kate XT. I don't know where I got that from, but you can obviously tell that's an 18 year old Kate decision. Um, and then <laughs> once that closed up, I just made the decision just to go with Kate Ford. It's quite risky to use your name, especially for a fashion label. But yeah, I just, I thought it represented me as a designer as well as the brand specifically. So yeah, that's where Absolutely. we ended up. Absolutely. You really do have a strong name. Like you honestly have the perfect name. It is, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's definitely a brand name. And obviously it happens to be your name, which is fabulous. Yeah. So <laughs> how would you describe your aesthetic as a designer? And does it cross over with how you dress day to day at all? Um, To be honest, 
well, now I'm a mum, I dress a lot differently than I did, um, say last year or the year before. But in a way, I feel as though Kate Ford, the brand is very similar to Kate Ford as a person. I think I'm very true to my DNA as a designer, um, what I've experienced over the years working for other designers as well. Like I've always still had my design aesthetic. Every place that I've worked at, I have been able to adjust easily to the brief and the designer that I am working for. But deep down, I've always had my own identity. So yeah, I think personally, like obviously I love to travel. I love bright colors. I love being bold. I love making a statement. So obviously I'm wearing black right now, but I do wear a lot of neutral colors. Um, and I just like strong shapes and simple, easy to wear items that make a point of difference. And someone knows what you're wearing at the end of the day. And I think that's where it comes in to the Kate Ford DNA as a brand as well. So I do think a lot of similarities. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And what was the biggest challenge you came across starting your own brand? Obviously, you had the lingerie line, but I guess what was different and what was yeah your biggest challenge starting Kate Ford, the brand? Um, I think, well, obviously, launching during COVID, that was a bit wild. That's pretty um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I just, it's crazy. Obviously, it gave me the push to leave full-time work. It's always something I've wanted to do. Um, So I think having COVID hit and obviously having the struggles at work, it was probably the best decision to start my own label at that time. I think the struggles of setting it up for sales, getting photo shoots completed when we're in lockdown, all of that, it was very difficult. And I think back to it, that was probably the biggest challenge I've ever done in my whole entire life, but managed to get it working. But yeah, it just it it just falls into place if you persist and it did at that time. Yeah. And what fabrics and processes does Kate Ford use for the brand? And I'm really interested, I always love asking fashion brands this, but what's your timeline like from design to having the piece in your hands? Um, so first of all, we use a lot of sustainable fabrics. We work with linens, silks, ramis, cottons, um, everything is sustainable and we know where it's sourced from. We're not just going to the markets and pulling out any fabric. So I'm really particular about what products we are using. Like obviously sustainability is a big part in a lot of brands DNA these days and a lot of brands are striving to do that. And I did not want to launch a brand that wasn't doing that from the start and having to change it all down the track. So I right. think yeah. doing that from the beginning and ensuring that we know exactly where our um, all our items coming from is perfect. Um, and yeah, that's what we've done. We always try and use natural fibers. If we're going to use polyester, it's going to be like, it makes up about 2% of our fabric and it's only for pleated styles or specific items where a natural substance cannot actually be used to pleat. Um, or perm a fabrication so that's the only time we'll use poly or it'll be recycled poly or sustainable poly so we actually know where it is coming from but in regards to the design process gosh um every (laughs) it's always okay we need 
we need to meet sales deadlines just basically make it happen but no we, we yeah. do we have we have timelines and we work to timelines but it's always very rushed as is every fashion house you think you have time and then it just all catches up and it's all going to be here in a week but yeah it's yeah. kind of I sit down with the with our graphics girls and our design girls and we'll sit there and all kind of come together in regards to what we're thinking for the new season obviously being high end we're not following or chasing trends we are looking at what's going on previous seasons and things like that but we're in a great place where we aren't the ones chasing trends we're creating the trends um we are designing obviously a year in advance more sometimes so that's where we can't keep up with trends and push things out that you saw on the runway last week yeah so we are designing or building together what we're what we're thinking for the new season obviously each season we're trying to improve on what we've done the previous season bring out something new for the customer and what the customer wants and basically listening to sales feedbacks we really listen to our stores as well we listen to what they're giving us in regards to feedback so Mm -hmm. we're wanting to please our customer at the end of the day we have a Kate Ford following at the moment and the people who are buying our product are actually coming back to purchase each season so we want to keep that consistent and we want to be delivering for what our customer wants so we're listening to our customers and our stores we're bringing all that together pushing it through for proto samples and then um, salesman samples we'll get our salesman samples in the showroom sales will do their job internationally and within australia do an amazing job selling to our beautiful stores. Um, And then once sales is wrapped up, we, well, design and production take over the back end and we end up finalising everything for production. And then PR start doing their situations, which is um, obviously briefing out to media, the new collection, marketing start doing their side of things. And then we're live. And then we start launching new season and then we're, by the time we launch the new season, we're already in the back end of two new seasons. So, yeah, <laughs> wow. It never ends, does it? No, it's just a never complete ends. 360 and it's crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm really interested to know your personal creative process and where do you find inspiration? How do you go, you know, this this is what I'm thinking and where do you, where do you get this inspiration from? Um, I think definitely traveling is a big one for me. I've traveled a lot previously for obviously leisure and for work, which I've been really grateful for in my past years. So I do have a lot in the bank for traveling we also are just constantly looking at vintage I think that's a massive one for us and just looking at the errors in the past in regards to fabrications they're using trims they're using shapes and um, colors as well like we're pulling inspiration from a lot of vintage we aren't really necessarily ever looking at trends like obviously we may say like orange is a very trend trending color at the moment or green or things like that but I think once you start to build that brand DNA you start to understand what your customers want and what the Kate Ford colors are and what people are Mm. purchasing so it's kind of you just keep those going so it isn't necessarily a trend-driven colour, print, fabrication, but I definitely say we just go off what works for our customer, the fit, the shapes, but vintage is a big one and just shapes of like 
landforms exact we love poetry like well I love poetry I pulled a lot of inspiration from poetry before from a few collections um yeah so it's just kind of weird and wacky ways of pulling inspiration and each season needs to be new so you have to dig deep and have quite a wild brain so I'll just come up with a few wacky things (laughs) I love that I think it's so interesting to hear how how you create these ideas and where you pull them from you know and it goes to show like just how while it may seem weird like it really works and you can tell by the way that you know you design and how beautiful your collections are speaking about your beautiful collections your recent spring summer 2023 collection divine domain is so beautiful it is absolutely stunning and I'm really interested about the inspiration behind that was that a bit of a poetry work or what was <laughs> what was that and what sort of pieces can listeners expect from you you know obviously this is a podcast and audio how would you I guess describe your pieces to the people that might not know your brand who are listening uh so yeah ss23 spring summer is um divine domain we actually did a artist collaboration with laura thomas an australian artist she was lovely to work with um obviously we had designed the range and i left a print out specifically for laura and it was called palace um so palace is inspired by persian myths greek goddesses and that's basically what the entire season is inspired by I one thing that I have brought through the entire brand basically is I want to create shapes that are flattering to the body that the female can put on and feel comfortable but sexy in a way it's hugging in the right places but it's not showing off the curves of your body you feel feminine and strong and in in a respectful and mature way and also making a bold statement and I think that is what this collection really like explains to our customer and that bringing that Greek goddesses and Persian myths through the range as those bold colors and you'll see basically palace the Laura Thomas collaboration ties in nicely for the whole season. She's used some great shapes that I referenced from Greece and I actually had a lot of photos that I had provided her that she was able to reference and and paint up um, from murals and things like that that we had seen. Um, But, yeah, I think it's just bringing in those strong shapes but bold prints at the same time where the female knows she's wearing Kate Ford and she feels strong and um, passionate to wear the brand and someone can go oh that's new Kate Ford season so it's and it's knowing what what the female is wearing Um, and I think that's what we're known for now our bold prints and and bold shapes so yeah fabulous I love that and can you tell me about your next collection what can we expect inspiration wise behind it what what are you going to grace us with next we're launching pre-fall tomorrow so it's called lost in translation so we've done something different this season um quite it's still got the Kate Ford take on it but it's a little bit different um obviously it's pre-fall so shedding we are a resort web brand but we bring that through all of our um all of our seasons regardless if it is fall or pre-fall so 
Lost in Translation is basically about the female wanderer who's kind of gotten lost and everyone knows when they go on holidays they don't want to come home. So it's just about the yeah. um, the traveller that is kind of a bit lost, not sure if they want to return, where they're going, everything they've seen. They're a little bit just lost in translation. So, yeah, it's a bit exciting um, what you can expect and see tomorrow. But we've got some really key Kate Ford shapes coming through again some bold prints again, a lot of blues, and, yeah, nice. it's going to be I was feeling exciting. blue just then. I'm, for some reason, I just <laughs> felt this is going to be blue. Am I psychic? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I felt blue. <laughs> so, wow, that was weird. Oh, Great. good, love though. It. You love the brand. know the brand already. <laughs> I'm just in sync. <laughs> <laughs> that's very exciting and I can't wait to see it it already sounds stunning just the way that you're describing it and can I ask so getting back into kind of like the business side of things what's the best thing about running a business for you um I think it's kind of working your own hours really but ensuring the work gets done um being your own boss at the end of the day not having to design to someone else's brief your own creative director um obviously you still have to report to people everyone in the business needs to report to everyone ensure they're doing their part um I'm not just sitting here bossing everyone around I have people bossing me around most of the time (laughs) but it's because I need to be kept in line sometimes um in regards to obviously spending too we could just sit there and design for days and days and days but there needs to be budgets met but yeah I just honestly just think the freedom and being able to create a workplace and have workers that you enjoy working with and it's not they're working for you you're working with them and that's one thing I think I've built my company on and everyone that I'm working with would say the same we um we work really, really well together and it's people I've worked with in the past at previous jobs. So we all know how to work together. We've all got the same experience. It's it's really great. Awesome. I love all of that. And with the good, sometimes can come maybe not the bad, but maybe just the things that you don't enjoy as much. What's the worst thing about running your own business? I think when something doesn't go right, um, obviously in regards to timelines. So I will go back to COVID again, obviously, even after like we had launched and we'd gotten out there, it was kind of like, okay, we're selling first season, but we need to get this second season out. So it's like, we haven't even sold. You got to keep signing. And then it's like, okay, shipping stopped wow, what do we do? How do we get our product here? And then it's like, we have deadlines. We've got showrooms booked. We've got stores booked in to view the product only this day. And then it's like, we need to get the samples there. It's just timelines upon timelines. I hate them, but you need them. And you need to try and prepare in advance and leave a buffer. Um, And I think that's probably the one thing I really dislike. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you need you need them. And it's kind of, if one thing falls apart, everything falls apart. So if you don't have those samples there on that, on that deadline showroom date, then your X factory dates are going to be delayed. So, and then if buyers don't go through on that specific date, their OTB is going to be spent with someone else. And then it's kind of like, just everything just keeps going backwards. So you really, really need to be strict with those timelines. Um, I am very OCD in that sense. I'm very like trying to get on time um, all the time. But yeah, yeah, it's just one thing I do not like. (laughs) Yeah. 
And look, I, I love that you're real about this. And I think part of this podcast and what I love to know, especially from, you know, someone like yourself is the reality of having your own business. While there's incredible moments, you know, you can have an incredible team, everything could be just beautiful and amazing. There's always going to be more challenging aspects. And I think for people listening who might want to start their own brand, it's really great to see and hear the realistic side of, you know, it's a big responsibility to have, right? Yeah, it's it's really is. Like, it's crazy because, like, even thinking back to when I had no experience in regards to the lingerie label, um, mm-hmm. to where I am today running a high-end label, it's very different. Like there was one person, just me, hand-making all of those. I, was, I wasn't coordinating with factories. I wasn't coordinating with shipping shipping forwarders. It was just me doing everything. And then I think um, now doing high-end, it's quite crazy because the product is not cheap. We are using high-end products. It's high-end material, sorry, which producing high-end products, the end product is great. We are spending a lot of time on print design and product design from the pattern making stage of things all the way through to the intricate, like finer details of looking how the garment's made and making comments on specific seams even. Like we, mm. we don't use overlocking on our seams. We're using French seams, all of those things, like finer details to ensure it's a high-end product that we are delivering to our customer yeah. in our stores. So yeah, it's, it's, it has a lot of detail needs to go into it and a lot of thought needs to go into it. And you need to ensure that you are on the ball from the start all the way to the end. Um, and you need to have a goal in place, I would say, because otherwise things can fall apart very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And how many people, so you have, do you have internal and external people that you work with? How many, I guess, how many people do you work with on a day-to-day basis or how many do you have internally versus externally or? Uh, to be honest, I reckon we have, well, excluding our factories, I think we're working with about over 20 people um, wow. to, that create up the Kate Ford team. This is awesome. externally and internally, I guess. Um, obviously, yeah. we've got our sales agents, we've got our PR, we've got marketing as well. as in, And then we've got production, mm. we've got pattern makers, we've got design graphic design and then on top of that we've got all of our factories yeah there's a a lot that come into the team and it's crazy how much we've just built up since we started um yeah it's it's funny because you think you can do everything at once and I was doing everything at once and it's just you you really can't like you can't manage it all even finer things like finance you you really need to outsource it because you really can't do it on your own yeah yeah Hey, I'm just dropping in to share this week's news and what's trending. First up, singer Billie Eilish has released her second perfume titled Eilish Number no. 2. It's described as dark and woody, expertly wrapped in a metallic nuanced veil of skin mask to complete the experience. You can get your hands on Billie Eilish's second perfume at Priceline. Selena Gomez has dropped some new products for her makeup line, Rare Beauty. The new line is all centered around the eyes and features three core products, an eyeshadow stick, eyebrow pencil, and a gel eyeliner. Here in Australia, you can get your hands on Rare Beauty at Sephora. 
Fast fashion brand Zara is pledging to go greener. Their parent firm, Inditex, has said that Zara is going to work harder on sustainability and that by 2030, all garments will be made from textiles that have a reduced impact on the environment. Nike is going hard on their investment in women's wear and expanding sport for a new generation. Nike Vice President and GM of Women's Wear, Amy Montaigne, has said that they are listening and meeting more women where they are to include all bodies and all forms of movement. Goddess Awakened, the new collection, signals this next era of Nike women with our commitment to making a place where everyone feels seen and included. Nike took to Paris Fashion Week to present the new collection in a 40-minute dance performance choreographed by Paris Goebel, who you would know has choreographed a number of music videos and has been the choreographer for Fenty X Savage. Montaigne also said the performance told a story through dance, inviting all to celebrate the joy of movement, community and creativity. And they're also going to dive into more product innovation and new retail concepts and also investing in women athletes and marketing. They're harnessing the opportunity in fitting women for holistic fitness rather than traditional sports. Now, as for what's trending this week, I came across a really interesting trend on TikTok, the source of literally everything right now, and it is called the Tomato Girl Trend. Now, the co-founder of Rosette, Susan Korn, has labeled this as dressing with the energy of Sophia Loren carrying a giant bowl of pasta to a table of guests. Now, how do you dress like a tomato girl? Well, think floaty linen dresses, unstyled hair, a basket bag. Think floaty, soft materials, ruffled sleeves and earthy tones. It's all about Mediterranean living and romance. Now, let's get back to the episode. I have a question, actually, obviously designing and coming up with the timelines and, you know, going through the whole production process is one thing, but then you actually need to market your product. What has worked for you? What has been the best way to get your name out there and really show off your brand and get those customers? Uh, So obviously we have our PR agent who does a great job. We work with a lot of influencers and we've recently been getting a lot of placement with celebrities, which has actually has been really great. Um, So that's, that's been really great because they have like obviously a great following um, behind them. We're not pushy with the brands. I really want people to wear Kate Ford and want to wear Kate Ford. I I really don't believe in pushing the brand onto someone. I understand influencers, that is their job, but I really, really don't want to be pushing it. I want them to want to work with us and feel as though the fit is right for them. Um, And that is what we are doing. And PR does a great job of placing Kate Ford on the right people who are passionate about the brand as well. And then, yeah, we've obviously got a great marketing team that works their magic online um and through socials as well so that's great but then also our sales team does an amazing job and now we've got an international sales agent on board also so they're doing great job overseas so yeah it's kind of all avenues and it all ties into one I wouldn't just say there's one specific (laughs) path because sales is sales works with a great PR agent and then marketing works alongside PR so yeah yeah it all comes together. And can I ask, what's yeah. your biggest accomplishment with the brand so far? Um, 
to be honest, I like to think back to where we were last this time last year when we just launched. I think how far we've come in a year. Um, I don't see many companies or brands grow this quickly this fast and it is very exciting oh. to go from to go from no stockers to a lot of stockers in just a year and have international stockers such as luxury department stores as Harvey Nichols um is quite wow. exciting so that's amazing yeah, it is it's really really exciting so I think that's probably I probably take it for granted a bit because I'm just in go 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 mode all the time yeah. but I like when we sit down and or if you're telling someone and for example you're saying it's amazing it's like okay yeah it really is like we need to sit there for a minute and say (laughs) okay we 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 have achieved this much in a short period of time um I am really impressed with the team and just everyone has just worked so well together and just get these things done um and it's just seeing Mm -hmm. the passion behind everyone that makes Kate Ford Kate Ford is just great because Everyone is on the same wavelength and pushes to what we're all trying to achieve. We're all trying to achieve the one goal and that's expansion and, yeah, it's working. Amazing. And I guess as humans it's kind of almost hard to, like, stop and really take in your wins and be like, yeah, that was amazing of me to do that or that was great. You know, it is hard to kind of, like do that sometimes but when you do it's like okay when you you know stop and take a minute or when you're saying it to someone you're like okay maybe I should be a little bit more excited about that that is a big deal yeah it's so true though like it's you take it for granted they say that with anything once you do it yeah often you take it for granted (laughs) if you lived on a a luxury island you're going there for a week but then you hit two weeks you kind of like okay, this is beautiful, but it was more beautiful last week. It's really sad. Humans just thrive for more, but (laughs) it is, it's true. (laughs) It is, it is. It's with everything, you know. It's it's really funny just the way we operate and how we process things and or we don't process things. I don't know. It's a whole nother... I'm not a psychologist, but I'm sure there's some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, report into that, some sort of, yeah. Um, but I also want to chat about Kate Ford, the person again, because something I'm personally passionate about is being open about the struggles that we go through as women. And I'm kind of on my own journey at the moment. And I know that you yourself have endometriosis. And I really want to talk to you about that because I would love to know how do you balance everything and at the same time manage such a debilitating disease? Uh, To be honest, it's really like it is crazy speaking about it because it is something that I do not speak about because every Mm -hmm. time I obviously have opened up, no one understands um the only person I could probably speak to is my mom because she's gone through it but it is quite hard and I I understand like a lot of people find it really hard to find those people to discuss it with and understand how to get on with day-to-day life and it is quite hard working for somebody and you're sitting there working you're typing along on your computer and everything's all good and then all of a sudden you're just within a second you're just in pain and just you're in the bathroom throwing up for no reason and just constant pain where the whole life is wiped out of you you've gone white you need to go home you need to go to bed but you can't because you can't tell your boss that you have endometriosis because everyone just doesn't understand and it's quite disappointing um the awareness around it but to be honest I I hate saying it but I do just get on with it and I don't like saying that because I'm really not good 
in regards to making feeling sorry for myself or being kind to myself in that sense because I have had people my entire life just basically say get on with it yeah pop a pill basically have a voltar in and just keep going and or it's normal period pain and it's not um it is something that really does need to be spoken about and yeah it's something that's really close to my heart and I've always tried to listen to my body and understand what I need and if I'm sitting there in pain and I've got deadlines to meet, there is no point in me sitting there in excruciating pain, trying to get it done, literally crying as I'm typing to try and get something done. I'm not going to give that my all and it's not good on my body. So listening to myself now about like having a lay down, having a sleep, eating something nutritious, having some water, having a tablet, putting a heat pack on or the tense machine or something like that, even if it's for an hour, like that one hour, I'm going to feel better afterwards and then go be more productive. And I think that's one yeah. thing that I'm really grateful for working for myself that I do have that opportunity to do that now because I didn't have that when I've been working for other companies before and obviously the fashion industry is so full-on you get to work sometimes at 5 a.m and you get home at 11 p.m you don't have time to rest you didn't even have time for lunch and it's kind of like you can't sit there and say I'm in pain I need to go home there's deadlines to be met so there is ways that I have tried to manage my pain and I just basically have had to take heat packs and tens machine and tablets to work make sure I have nutritious meals because I don't know when I'm going to have a flare-up or when it's going to happen I could talk about this for days but (laughs) it's just Um, yeah I I have I have no specific answer for you because it's just I'm still trying to figure it out every day like I've dealt with this since school and one like coming out of class throwing up in the toilets there's no different from me leaving my desk at work and going throwing up in the toilets or being at home and passing out on the kit on the bathroom or kitchen floor or it's just it's just constant ongoing and it's an ongoing battle of trying to deal with it every day I guess but yeah it's just what would you like to see what would you like to see I guess happen you know for people who are suffering from endometriosis what what would you, I guess, like to see happen, especially, I guess, here in Australia? Um, I do think people need to have a support system around them. And that's one thing I think is really lacking at the moment. Um, there needs to be people that you can talk to. I've never, ever had that, ever. And um, still to this day, I don't have that. I get on the phone to my gynecologist, which was my obstetrician, and I call him and he's probably my great number one resource or my mum. They're the only ones that have probably helped me through everything because not one person understands how much pain you're going through and you always do get told all the time to just push through and get on with it. Um, And it is really, really upsetting that that is what we've got out there at the moment and there is not as much support as there should be because being a young a young teenager you really can't just get on with it it's a hormone a hormone disorder as well like it doesn't just it's not just pain it really affects hormones and it affects how you see things and how you react to situations and if you're not feeling well and someone says something to you and you click like that could really affect the way your relationship is with that person in a way too or how you go at work Mm. and I've just heard so many stories people have reached out to me about they've lost jobs or they can't go to work and it just breaks my heart because they could have spoken to someone about their situation and gotten that support and understood how to 
deal with certain circumstances and situations and actually make the right decision and have those rest days and then go back and deal with it the next day or something like that but it's just Mm -hmm. there's no community and it is really disheartening exactly and it's really hard if you are in a you know big organization or wherever you are working it's really hard to prove like you know to say I'm in so much pain I feel so sick it's like especially if you have maybe a male boss they can't even comprehend what that feels like or how do you prove that you know how do you prove that do I have to throw up in front of you to show that I am really unwell right now it's just it's one of those things that like obviously we can have a laparoscopy and and have that confirmation that yes we do have it but then how do you prove that you are having these symptoms and how do people how do you make people believe you you know it's so hard it is it's really it's and I think that's something that I've had to deal with for a very long time and even starting like obviously from school and like I remember school and you you're trying to tell your teacher who's a male has no idea idea like okay I've got period pain you don't want to talk about your periods at the end of the day but then some of those girls don't even have a clue what it is they just are in extreme pain but your friend next to you might have their period too and are completely normal but you don't feel normal so it's just Mm -hmm. like why are you different to them and then you don't know like you don't actually know what it is or what's going on you're just really not feeling well and it, you can't explain it because you've your mum may not have even had it. I like a lot of people aren't as lucky as I am that I had my mum tell me what it was because she dealt with it as well. So it's kind mm. of it's really upsetting. And then even going through uni, I had the exact same thing. I was having a lot of days off because I hadn't officially been diagnosed. And then my mum said, yeah. "Okay, let's go to the the doctor." But I was like. I used to catch the train to uni and I remember I had to get off the train one day because it just hit me all of a sudden and I was just on the on the side of the train tracks literally throwing up in a bin and it was I I had to sit there and I was just like I rang my mom and I was like I'm literally an hour from home and I was like she's like get back on the train and come back home when you're done and I had to like I couldn't even go to uni it was just horrible and it's like Mm. you have to always be prepared for those moments because you don't know when they're going to hit and then it's just you can get a laparoscopy I've had four of them and I've had it removed four times and I can't have any more like it's not it's not good like you just can't keep going in and getting it burnt out or cut out it's just going to constantly keep coming back and yeah it's just I think you really need that that community to be able to understand what's going on and chat to someone who has the same experience and understand how someone else has dealt with it as well so you can take on that or take what you want from it and try and implement in your own life as well but yeah from my experience I never ever had that I had to kind of figure out my own ways of doing things and getting things done and understanding listening to my body and I think I really have gotten to that point now yeah not pushing myself and just ensuring I'm eating the right foods and drinking the right things and just stress is a big one as well and I think that's impacted my journey as well as well like a lot because we don't know what makes it grow and continue growing back but it is something that just keeps coming back for no reason but they know think there's certain things that can trigger it and I notice when I'm stressed I can feel 
a lot of cramping and a lot of pain and I need to have a moment to sit down and rest and yeah. maybe even have a sleep and then I feel much better. Yeah. But it, there is, yeah, a lot of people just don't know that. Like they just keep going. No. Or, and I've heard some really bad yeah. stories and it does make me upset because it's kind of if if someone had that person to speak to and understand someone else like his journey, they a lot of things would be different. Absolutely. I actually have a couple of friends who are having trouble conceiving and I know that's a whole different, you know, conversation itself, but you know, and they never had period pain, but they ended up being diagnosed with endometriosis, having laparoscopy and yeah, being diagnosed with endo when they never ever have had pain. And it's just it goes to yeah. show that not it's not one size fits all. And also people with endo might have, you know, trouble conceiving and some can fall pregnant really easily. And, you know, it's not one of those things that if you have endometriosis at the same person next to you that has it, has it the exact same way, you know, it's so yeah. different and you could have it heaps of pain and be like stage one or whatever. You could have like little to no pain and be like stage four. You don't know, you know, and pain isn't really a scale of how bad it is as well. Yeah. It just it it's blows so my true. mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it is. It's speaking crazy. of, yeah, speaking of, you know, fertility, I guess, and speaking of, you know, being able to have children. You're a new mum to twins. Um, yeah. Twins. <laughs> oh, my God. How on earth do you manage a brand and not one but two babies? Oh, it's it's tough at times. And I can tell you it was it was crazy because when I I launched, oh, I hadn't even launched the brand. So we I had my, la, my fourth laparoscopy in August. 2021 yeah I think August 2021 so myself and my partner had obviously discussed and said like I can't have any more like it's either now or never um yeah and then fell pregnant in February last year and then yeah I didn't realize but obviously had twins and then yeah so obviously there's a a positive well two positives out of the negative um really lucky And I think I am very grateful that I was aware that I had endo because it didn't get to the point of no return in a way in regards to my fertility, which is great. And I've had four laparoscopies where it did make me fall pregnant quite easily. Um, But, yeah, managing the brand and babies is quite difficult sometimes. But I think I've always been, as mentioned before. Yeah. (laughs) And I had... I had, I think they all launched at the same time. I launched the brand <laughs> in February, the minute I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I announced I was pregnant and that I was um, launching the brand at the same time. <laughs> it was a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, so the yeah. whole time I've had a brand, I've been either pregnant or had babies. So I guess I don't know any different in a way. Um, yeah, and yeah. you've kind of just got to get it, get them both done because no one else is going to do it for you in a way. So yeah, yeah you just you make doing wow. you manage, and I'm, I'm all about routine. So as the minute they're out of routine or I'm out of routine, everything starts to go downhill. And like I mentioned before about those yeah. timelines in regards to brand, they're crucial now more than ever because mm-hmm. yeah, you have to just make yeah, everything baby work. timelines as well. Yeah. <laughs> My God, yeah, that is, I can't believe that. Yeah, far <laughs> out. Wow, I can't believe you launched a brand and you had twins as well. That is just, who are you? This is amazing. 
This is great. I love that so much. And are there, so off the back of that, obviously Fashion Avenue is a fashion and beauty podcast. I love talking about the fun stuff. Obviously we spoke about Kate for the brand, you as a person. And I'm really interested in you as a person a little bit more because I want to know a little bit more about you and things that you like or brands that you like in this kind of realm. Are there any beauty brands that you love in general or ones that you've loved since becoming a mom? Um, To be honest, I use a lot of natural products. I always have. Cool. And I think that is in regards to my endo. Obviously, there's a lot of studies yes. behind um, hormone disruptors and things like that. So I'm a really big advocate for natural products and not putting anything that is hormone related into the system. So in regards to all my products, not one thing has toxins in it all the way through to my toothpaste. Um, it's a bit crazy. Amazing. But I, I am, I, I love serums. I, I'm honestly obsessed with face serums. I cannot get Botox or anything because I'm breastfeeding still. So I've only, I could, (laughs) I feel like I've aged about 10 years in the past year. So you have to somehow keep your skin, skin young. So I think I'm a big one for serums. Um, definitely. And I don't wear makeup hardly ever unless I have to go out. So I think that's one thing that really helps my skin and sunscreen. Yeah. Big one on sunscreen. Yeah. Sunscreen. Very important. Yes. And do you do any like wellness rituals, whether it's like a massage or a facial, even just having a bath or what do you like to do to switch off and relax? Yeah. So I'm actually, well, since, um, I used to always get acupuncture and I think that really helped in regards to my, yeah, my endo pain and falling pregnant as well. I do think it was one thing that helped. Um, and then I, yeah, ever since giving birth, um, at the beginning, obviously you have that little mummy belly still. So I've been getting lymphatic, um, draining massages and it's really helping. Um, I, I love them. Like I probably every once every month, I wish I could go every week, but you don't need them. So yeah, (laughs) my downtime, (laughs) I actually have no excuse but to lay there for an hour and sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool though I love a good lymphatic drainage it's yeah it, yeah you just feel great. amazing afterwards right yeah it honestly you feel good for days weeks afterwards yeah you feel so good and so what's in store for Kate Ford the brand and the person for 2023 um I think obviously like I mentioned before expansion so and we've just awesome we've pushed out probably the biggest season we've ever done before. So we're pushing that into Australia and New Zealand sales as well as international. So we've got Sydney, Melbourne, Paris, London showrooms coming up next month, which is really exciting and some very exciting stores and luxury boutiques that are locked in already. So um, very keen to see the sales outcomes of that. And that season is launching in September, October this year. So that's probably where we're at currently we're just and then we're starting which is wild we're starting to design um spring summer 2024 which will be launching january to march next year so it's crazy but awesome yeah we're we're also in the pipeline of working on something behind the scenes very exciting and close to kate's heart um similar to what we spoke about earlier but yeah we can get into that another time but yeah so we've um got a lot of exciting things popping up very soon and I think in regards to Kate the person probably 
just babies and being a mum and managing a business. <laughs> I think yeah. just everything exciting that I could tell you is my life is probably just business really. <laughs> no, that is, I, I respect that because, you know, those things are exciting and so you should be, you know, those are great. I, I fully take that. I'm a bit of a workaholic myself. So like that for me is my whole personality is just work. So I get it. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> where can we find out more about the brand and shop all the collections? Uh, so we obviously have our website, our online website. We've also got um, a stockist store locator list on our website that you can go on to and have a look we're updating it every season because obviously we're getting new stores every season um right yeah and what's the website address just um kateboard.com.au amazing easy to remember yeah (laughs) and i have a few random questions for you i do this with all my guests i just ask some random things at the end three of them so if you're ready i will ask you three questions Okay. What is your favorite childhood memory? Oh gosh. I think going camping. Oh, okay. Which Bit of a crazy. camper. I think um I haven't been camping in a long time, but I think we actually yeah. spoke about it, me and my partner the other day. He's he's English, so he doesn't camp, but I just said like I grew up camping <laughs> a lot and I'd love to take the kids camping, but he's he's just he was a bit like, Yeah, it'd be nice, but I don't think it ever happens. But yeah. <laughs> nice bit of camping I remember going camping like once but I didn't like it as a kid but I'm glad you did (laughs) no I probably loved it more then than I would now so (laughs) and what style of clothing do you personally feel your best in Mm, probably honestly tracksuits and sportswear (laughs) yeah I'm not even joking I can I can move on the floor I can throw things around I can just move easy up Very versatile. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> love that for you. Very real. I love that. And finally, if you had to live in a different country for the rest of your life, where would you live? Mexico. Mexico. Why Mexico? Yeah. I've, I reckon it's probably, it's funny because I've been there more times than I've been to Bali and I just love it. Like it's probably one of my wow. favorite places. I'd say Mexico or Central South America. I love that side of the world. Wow, that's a good answer. For some reason, I was going to think maybe like Greek islands vibes or like somewhere (laughs) like Paris. I don't know. But you surprised me. I love those places, but I'm, yeah, love, love, love that side of the world. That's cool. Does some of your inspo ever come from that side? Yeah, my first season actually was based on that because – I did um amazing. Yeah, I did a lot of traveling over there and first season I, of Cape Ford, you probably see it's very Latin American inspired, so it's mm. very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Kate, you have been lovely. Thank you so much for joining me and also being so open about yourself, the brand and your own journey with endometriosis. I feel like it's so helpful and you might not even realize, but speaking about it, you're doing a lot. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Amber. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Fashion Avenue. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with all things Fashion Avenue and the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram and sign up to our newsletter. All the links are down below and I'll catch you in the next episode of Fashion Avenue.